You run a kid activity center, a gymnastics, ninja, urban, or cheer gym. Maybe it's a dance studio, swim school, martial arts dojo, or perhaps an educational preschool. You recognize you need some help growing your brand. You're wearing too many hats. It's time to make some changes. Let me help you increase student enrollments and retention while decreasing attrition. My name is Luke Stokes. Welcome to the Student River Podcast. Welcome to the Student River Podcast, episode four. I am your host, Luke Stokes. This is a podcast all about helping you scale your kids' activity center. And today, what we're going to talk about is the untapped resource that's currently hidden within your student database, that's within your CRM right now, begging to be, for lack of a better term, exploited. They're there. This resource is there and it is available for you to develop new business, to create new enrollments, to add more money to the enrollments that they're, that, uh, that you're already serving to create uh, more revenue from the enrollments that you're already serving. And it's, it's not being used. Some of you are, but the vast majority of you are not using it. Today, again, working off some notes. You know, the last couple episodes, I haven't really loved the flow. Uh, hopefully, you were able to, to get through it with me. I felt like I was stuttering and stammering. And, and last time, what I tried to do is I tried to just talk to you, uh, wing it a little bit more while I had notes and not be looking down at my notes to like make sure that I was missing a point. And, uh, you know, I think it created a bit of just like and, um, er type conversation and I didn't love it. So... I'm going to take make sure I take my time, look at my notes today, and make sure that I touch on all of the things that I want to touch on, right? So we're talking about the untapped enrollments that are currently hidden in your student database. What is this resource? It's the ability to email. Now, I know that your email inbox is currently overflowing with some stuff that's valuable and a vast majority of stuff that isn't. And likely your your student families, mailboxes, inboxes are the same. They've got stuff, some stuff of valuable, uh, a lot of stuff that isn't. And I think that I see owners often just discount or um, discredit might be a better way to put that. The ability to email their current database or they don't understand the value that there is in it or they don't understand how to do it. So we're going to handle a few of those things, uh, make this process super simple for you to be able to um, to really generate more revenue, uh, both with new enrollments and adding uh, more revenue to those that you're serving uh, right off the bat, right on day one. Why is that? Because email is your lowest cost and easiest and fastest way to generate new revenue and new enrollments. What do I mean by that? Well, lowest cost, you already have the database. You've already got the family names. You've already got the email addresses. And these are people that have either shown interest in doing business with you in the past, are currently doing business with you, or have done business with you in the past. So there's already a basis of trust. There's already a basis of understanding of existence even that you guys are out there and create a service that would serve their family. 
So there's very low barrier uh, of entry on this uh, on this front is the ability to email everybody when you already have all the information uh, is is really really uh, is really easy and low cost. You're not generating more people. Uh, it's super easy. You already have the information and it's fast because you can draft an email today, send it out tonight, and get results tomorrow. It's really, really quick, the speed at which you can do those things. And so you're, by not tapping into this resource of your uh, both former and current student database, you're missing the boat big time, okay? So we're going to talk about some of those things. Now, uh, I briefly want to touch on where these current uh, where these email addresses are coming from. Obviously, it's coming from your current student beta- database uh, through current enrollments. These are people that are already doing business with you or you know uh, that, that could be your, your monthly students, your weekly students, uh, but that also could be your open gyms and your birthday parties and uh, you know all of those different ways that they can participate with you as well, your parent night outs. They're doing business with you in some capacity. Um, this is also your past enrollments, right? Your drops, your, um, you know, anybody who maybe did business with you right up until summer and then dropped and then just didn't get re-engaged, right? So this, you've got a whole list of people that are formally enrolled that, that you can work with. Um, another way that you can generate leads or that these uh, email addresses are coming from is from Uh, lead generation, either through your website, through community events, through walk-ins, right? Anytime you set up a a table at a community event, you should create a situation in which they're incentivized to exchange their information for some sort of value. Uh, That could be a raffle, that could be a sign-up for a trial class, that could be a number of different things, but you have opportunities to generate leads and create uh, this database or to grow this database in, in, in many ways, including uh, trials, right? We talked about trials in the last couple of episodes and you're gonna have trials that aren't gonna enroll and, and you're going to have a database of, of people that have come and had some sort of experience with you uh, that isn't, um, isn't going to be maybe top of mind or on your radar, and, but they're in your system and you have the ability to market to them and, and I suggest you do that. So we're going to create the case for this. Now, there are some rules around this. Um, I want you to reference the U.S. Can Spam Act. Um, that is going to be your guidelines for what you can and can't do. So all of the information I'm giving you needs to be in the context of the uh, parameters in emailing somebody. And you can find that stuff online, what can spam, uh, C-A-N-S-P-A-M, uh, the Can Spam Act. Uh, you can research what those rules are. So in that context, but they're there and available for your uh, promotion. So we know where they're currently coming from. Let's talk briefly about how you could generate more of them, which I kind of just touched on, give you a couple of thoughts. I want to start by saying your website, though, because your website is likely currently not set up to collect information from interested parties. In other words, what I mean by that is if you looked at your website from a standpoint of like how many uh, hits, how many unique visitors we get uh, daily, monthly, you could look at a time period versus how many interested people we have 
uh, reaching out to us on, uh, by phone, reaching out to us by email, uh, maybe submitting some sort of sign-up request form on your website. The difference between the two is going to be huge. It's going to be like for every thousand uh, unique visitors that we get, we get, you know, maybe 10 signups or, or 10 interest inquiries. And that's, that's just a lousy, uh, you know, a 1% response is just terrible. Uh, it really should be doing more than that. You should be able to get more interest uh, than that. Your website should help you, should be on your team in this capacity, creating interest and collecting email addresses that you can market to, that you can communicate with. So not only are they in your database, but you're going to create an independent email list that um, that will also show ha, will have shown some level of interest in doing business with you. So that's a category as as well. Now, the way you do this on a website is you create what's uh, what we call a lead magnet. It's an ethical bribe. It's essentially something that's of value to them as a website visitor that they would exchange their information for. Okay, so this could be, you know, I think at the very basic one, this could be a free trial class, right? Um, there an, an offer to sign up for a free trial class, just fill out this form, right? And that's on your website. And so that starts collecting information. But it also could be other things outside of that. That could be, um, you know, a, a report on the top 10 ways that um, swimming facilitates a better version of yourself and somehow, and I'm just kind of making that up as I go, obviously, because that was a terrible title. Let's try that again. Top 10 ways that, uh, you know, swimming creates not just a healthier lifestyle, but a better version of yourself through better mood and more energy and more focus, right? You could see how you could create some sort of valuable report that would give them a reason to exchange their information. So maybe this is, uh, you could also do healthy recipes, right? For, for your student families, right? Here, 10 healthy recipes to uh, make sure that your kids are in peak performance when they show up, right? So there's a lot of different things that you could do. Uh, I think the most obvious one to me, and if I was running uh, a gym today uh, or, you know, any type of kids activity center today, uh, it would be a free experience of some kind. Sign up for a free experience. And I would make that very prominent. In other words, when they land on my site, the very first thing that I'd want to communicate to them, regardless of what page that they land on, is, hey, I have a free experience that you can sign up for. And I want you to sign up for. In fact, that's my priority as a visitor of my website, that that's what you should do. And really that what we call opt-in, uh, meaning they're opting in for information. They're opting in, in this case, for a free trial class. Um, your opt-in rate should be, I mean, a minimum of 10%, and that wouldn't be very good. So that means for every 1,000 unique visitors, you should at least get 100 email addresses out of that. Um, and, and ultimately, uh, it could be into the 20 percentile of people. Um, I've even seen it into the 30 percentile, although that's on the outside of the bell curve. Like, don't expect to have that many, um, but it is possible if your offer is compelling enough. Uh, so, 
your website needs to be set up. Now, how do you do this? Uh, real quickly, I'm not going to go too far into it. There's software out there that'll help you do this. It's called opt-in software. So just Google opt-in software. You'll find a, a plethora of options, but you can integrate something like that on your website and it would be designed to generate interest in uh, some sort of offer. In this case, we're talking about the, the free trial. So that's the most obvious way to do it. You'd obviously do it through advertising as well, advertising free trials or advertising an experience where they can come in and, and, uh, and, and have this uh, exchange in value uh, with you guys. But you know, we're talking about the cheapest and easiest and fastest ways. Running ads isn't necessarily the cheapest and uh, and easiest. Um, it's certainly the fastest way, um, but it, it's 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 just another method that you could generate interested parties, that you could generate um, interested families for you to to communicate with. So, all right. So, I think we we beat that up. I came at it from a couple of different directions, from where these addresses coming from to how to generate more. The, the options are out there to generate more and there's a lot of opportunity for you to do so if you just put some uh, creative thought into what would my audience want from me and be willing to exchange their email address for. All right, now that you have this database, now that you have these emails, uh, email addresses, now that you've got these interested parties and interested families on some level with you, what are you going to send to them? What, what, what could be of interest? And, and obviously there's going to be a few things that pop into your head. I made a list here, uh, of things that made sense to me. Um, I think the obvious one here is promotional. Okay. These are going to be revenue drivers. This is going to be something that is specifically intended to promote some sort of aspect of your business that's going to generate revenue. So this could be a special offer for enrollment as you guys head towards a, a high enrollment period or a holiday or, or a low enrollment period. You know, we're coming into the holiday season and you could provide a promotion for enrolling during this holiday season or pre-enrolling for the new year, right? You could create an enrollment offer that drives more interest or drives, um, that creates more, uh, uh, more excitement. That's not the right word. What's the word I'm looking for that creates uh, more momentum? I don't know. I think you get the point. It's going to create more people wanting to take action because you're creating an offer for them. So an enrollment offer where they can participate uh, and either pre-enroll or enroll today for a discount or some sort of special offer that can help boost you during times of uh, slow periods like you know Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays create some buzz, send this out to people that used to be enrolled with you, send this out to, uh, you know, your interested leads and trials that have come and done business with you in the past, or have had some sort of experience with you, send it out to them. You've got nothing to lose. You, you know, I, I think it was Michael Jordan that said, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. In this case, you're not taking these shots. So if nobody says, if nobody responds, so what? No, no skin off your back, uh, but you can create an enrollment offer that could solicit a little bit more uh, interest in enrolling during slow periods. You could bolster uh, fast periods or or high interest periods like Januarys. You could send just reminders. You don't necessarily need to do offers, but you could send reminders. By the way, I know that you're looking to make a change in this new year and you're wanting to get your kids more active and involved in different things, or you've been wanting to put them into swim lessons, or you've been wanting to put them into karate or whatever that is. Now's the time to enroll them. 
enrollment's open. Come and do it, right? So you, you one of the ways that you can, one of the emails that you can do here is promotional offers, revenue drivers, um, you know, pre-sales, specials, trials, camps, uh, open play opportunities, parents' night out, birthdays, all of these create revenue. And all of them are opportunities for you to talk about a way that they can participate with you, that they can do business with you. You know, they may not even know. I mean, you may have a list of a thousand people that have come and taken a trial class from you that never enrolled. And I would bet that you could get a whole bunch of them to come and schedule birthday parties with you, but they didn't even know it existed. I bet you could get a whole bunch of them to come and do a parent's night out with you but they didn't even know it existed. I mean, what parent isn't looking for a date night or for more time to themselves? It's a big deal. As a parent of three, I know this. Finding an opportunity to have a few hours to uh, to ourselves, my wife and I, is a big deal. And giving them that opportunity serves them well, and it turns into revenue. So promotional, that's one thing that you can send. Educational, that's another one that you can send. Well, what's educational? Well, if you're in the kids' activity space, Technically, you're in the fitness space, the kids' fitness space, but it's still the fitness space. For the most part, I think maybe the only one that might be an outlier would be uh, educational preschool in this category, Um, but there's still educational stuff that you can do. It might not be fitness tips. It might be academic related instead of fitness or cognitive instead of fitness, right, or or some other category, but you still have the ability to send educational information. Uh, So this could be fitness tips. This could be strength, flexibility, range of motion, nutrition, um, nutrition ideas, family uh, recipes for the family, right? This is opportunities. um, And and this is, some of this is going to be age specific, right? Maybe you're going to, you're going to send out uh, information on, uh, you know, injury prevention for, uh, you know, seven-year-olds or, or, you know, or injury prevention, you know, or, or maybe uh, five-minute recipes for the busy family that gives them the best nutrition for their kids, right? Or, or I mean, there's a lot of different things that you could do in the educational category. What else did I put down here? Injury prevention, recovery, technique. You could do special stuff around technique, you know, how to perfect your freestyle stroke or how to make your kid confident floating on their back, right? You know, to, to help facilitate this or, you know, how to, you know, there's a lot of different things that you could do from a technique standpoint. So educational is another category of email that you could send. What else could we send? Events, um, uh, meets, obviously. This is going to be, you know, when is your next swim meet? When's your next uh, competition, right? Whatever that might be, or shows. When's your next recital, the dance recital, or the, you know, the the the, the dress rehearsal, or whatever that might be. So uh, there's obviously the, the meet type of category. There is closures, right? We're closed for this week. We're closed for this holiday. Obviously, that's one. Special events like uh, Halloween or Christmas parties where the kids can wear costumes, or there's going to be a white elephant gift exchange or whatever that might be, right? You can create special events that you can tell them about. Um, And then, of course, other types of announcements or changing of hours or fee changes, etc. So events is another category of information, uh, of email that you could send. And what else could we do? Edification. You could create an edification email. Now, edification is going to be staff promotions, right? This could be somebody just got promoted from 
uh, you know, uh, instructor level one to instructor level two, or just became a team instructor or, or whatever. Right. But staff promotions, right. And edifying your staff, edifying your front desk, edifying those that those people that your student family is going to interact with only helps build the relationships with those people right? It helps them so that when they see each other, Hey, congratulations. I hear you. You're the new team coach. Oh yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. Right. Creating opportunities to edify the quality staff that you have to your student base. What else? Student achievements. This could be results at competitions. This could be new skills learned. Um, this could be most improved, right? There's a number of directions that you could go with that, but you know, student achievements. Uh, what else do we got down here? Brand improvements and wins. This could be news articles or you know, something that uh, your brand was involved with on, a, with on a community level that got some got some attention or anything that would create more brand loyalty around uh, what it is that you do. Maybe you just uh, recreated your mission statement. Maybe you just created a value system. Maybe you instituted ongoing training or something like that. And you want to, in a, in a very appropriate way, brag about the quality of brand that you're creating, the quality of culture that you're creating. Your student base should know that. The people that maybe thought that they were going to do business with you because they came and took a trial class, but they couldn't get pushed over the edge. Maybe this is the piece that pushes them over the edge. And they realize that 1% of every dollar that comes in goes to help foundation Y or whatever that might be. Right. And it's a little bit of giving back in the process. There's a lot of things that you can do there. Um, and then the, the last one that I'm going to mention is a newsletter. Uh, and a newsletter is kind of a combination of these, of these pieces. And it can be, it can be very effective if done right. The problem is, is that most people do it wrong. When you do a newsletter that creates, uh, multiple pieces. So maybe you have a a promotional piece as well as an educational tip and an event coming up and, you know, a staff edification and it's all in one email. Okay. So the other types, the, you know, talking about the different types of emails that we could send, those would be like dedicated emails just for promotion, just for an event, right? Um, a newsletter might be a combination of these things. But a newsletter can only be done right if it's somewhat laid out like a newspaper. That's where the term comes from, newsletter, newspaper. What I mean by that is it's it's got to have... Um, sections that people are used to seeing, right? So this might be a student spotlight uh, and it's always in the same spot in the email and it always talks about something that's going on and it could be, you know, events and it's always taking place and it could be, you know, and you can create this environment. Now, personally, I don't love the 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 newsletter because I feel like it kind of gets lost with what the purpose is. Um, it can still be very effective. You just have to look at, is it driving the response that I'm wanting? Is it getting the, the new enrollments, the uh, boost in uh, lifetime value from, uh, from my current student database? Is it helping foster relationships? Is it creating more loyalty? And if it, the answer is yes, then great go newsletter. But if not, maybe think about only having one purpose per email. And when you do that, when you only have one purpose per email, now instead of going, gosh, I've got to create a new email each each period, which we're also going to talk about frequency, um, instead of thinking about, oh my gosh, I got to create another email. Um, 
and and going okay i need a student spotlight who am i going to do this time and 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 all these different pieces when you're creating uh just a singular focus in the email itself it allows you to be much more creative and and not have to you know kind of uh, reuse ideas that you've had in the past because your your ideas play out longer right one newsletter where you have four topics could be four emails over the course of four weeks and accomplish the same thing and may get better results because that email was dedicated to one singular purpose. Okay, so there's lots of different types of emails that you can send. But once we talk about, all right, what we've got emails that we can send, now we got to actually draft it. Um, we want to talk about how we're going to put this together. Um, you've got some topic ideas. You've got some things, some things that you could send out to your audience. Uh, you know where your list is coming from. Now let's talk about drafting it a little bit. Okay, so I want to start with writing style. You want to use a writing style that fits with your brand. Now. I say that because each brand is going to be a little bit different, right? If you predominantly only deal with preschool kids, your tone is going to be a lot more playful, bubbly, um, you know, a happy-go-lucky uh, with your with your topic choices, with your uh, use of language. Um, you know, it, it's just going to be a different version than if you have an all-star cheer gym that only deals with, you know team competitive cheerleading. It's going to have a different tone. Um, uh, regardless of the tone, I recommend it be conversational and not too legalistically, uh, legalistic grammatically. So I want this to be, you know, um, just like you and I sitting down and having a conversation. Now, this may not be with as many ands and ums as I do, but uh, you know, the, 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 it needs to be like you and I just sitting down having a conversation. And when you do that, when you write in that way versus technical writing uh, is very, very different. And so don't feel like you have to be a writer in college to, you know, to be able to write emails. Just write like you would talk, like write conversationally and communicate with your audience in a way that's easy for them to consume. So I like conversational regardless of, you know, the the kind of vernacular word choice and uh, intensity or lack of that your, that your copy and uh, topics contain, but conversational and not too legalistic grammarly. So what does that, what does that mean when I say legalistic grammatically? Um, that means that, you know, uh, your paragraphs uh, are, you know, all the thoughts in one paragraph, right? And some sentence structure is perfect and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. There's a lot of legalistic ways that you can, that you can write versus just writing like you and I talk. And if you want people to consume your, your emails, they have to be fun, they have to be engaging and they have to be easy to consume and easy to read and something that I look forward to checking in on. And if it's too legalistic, you move, you remove that. So an example of this might be uh, length and uh, length and width of, of the email itself. Not the email, it's, well, yeah, it's the email itself, but also paragraphs. Yeah, paragraph, people's eyes fatigue. Um, when they're looking at a page, when they're looking at a, you know, an email, right? And it's, it's here uh, on my screen, their eyes are having to go back and forth and read it, right? You can see my eyes moving back and forth. And as, as you read it, there is 
muscle energy that's going into that. And the body, the eye actually fatigues if it has to go too far left to right. So when you write an email, you shouldn't make your lines any wider than about 600 pixels. That's about as wide as you want to make it because that's a comfortable width for the eye to go back and forth on. What else? Um, I, you know more than four or five lines in a paragraph. Even if that means carrying the thought over to a new paragraph, this is where the legalistic grammatically comes in. Even if you have to carry that over, if you break up chunks of an email into bite-sized pieces where no thought is more than four or five lines, it makes the email look like it's easier to read versus a whole block of text, right? A whole block of text, you just go, oh, that's daunting. I'll come back to that. But if you had four pieces that were all you know the same amount and it went from this to maybe this long but it was all spaced out from a subconscious psychology level we look at that with the spaces and go oh i can blast through that real quick versus the whole block it becomes exhausting you create fatigue so you have to be careful with this and break your sentence structure up so that it can make sense but don't get too legalistic, like all of these have to go together because it's all the same thought. Break it up. Make it easy to consume. Make it easy to read. Um, a, a great tool out there for helping you guys write emails is Grammarly. Uh, G-R-A-M-M-E-R-L-Y. Grammarly. You can Google it. It's a, free, it's a free service. And what it will help you do is it will help you with sentence structure. It will help you with uh, you know, punctuation and grammar and, and those things so that you can uh, write, just write out what it is that you're wanting to do and then go back and kind of make the edits and make it flow a little bit better. Uh, and it's a great way to uh, bend the needle in your favor of being grammatically correct because grammar does matter. I mean, don't get me wrong. Grammar uh, does matter, but you can obsess too much about it. You can go too far the other direction. You don't want to appear uneducated and totally uh, out of touch. And you're going to have a lot of people that are going to be like, uh, you spelled this wrong or you used the wrong there or whatever. And that's just going to happen. Uh, so take that stuff with a grain of salt because you're not going to catch 100% unless you have an, an editor on staff. You're not going to catch 100% of the mistakes that you make. Grammarly will help that. But... Um, just don't overthink this, right? It's okay. Make it loose. Make it fun. Make it enjoyable. Make me want to consume it. All right. So I got all of the drafting uh, writing tips there. Let me just make sure that I got all of that. Line counts. Oh, subject line and body. I want to talk about this real quick because you realize that when you write an email, you have a subject line and then you have the body copy, which is everything that is in the bulk of the email. I want you to think about it in terms of this. When you write a subject line, the whole purpose of the subject line is to get them to open the email. I'm going to say that again. The whole purpose of the subject line is to get them to open the email. So when you write a subject line, write it compelling with a cliffhanger that makes me want to open this that makes me curious about what's inside that gives me a glimpse at what you could be providing but holds a little back and makes me question and you need to try and solicit the action of oh no you need to open this and here's why and you do that in the subject line so the subject line's purpose is to get me to open the email the email copy purpose is to get me to take 
that next action. Now, that ex- next action could be a number of things. That next action could be, uh, you know, uh, going to a website to download and print out a recipe or printing this email that's a recipe. Or uh, it could be going to visit your website to sign up for classes. Um, the, the purpose within the email should be another thing. Even if that purpose is just to consume that and take action within that consumption uh, of that email, it's it, it still should be focused in getting me to take another action. If there's not another action to take, why are you know why are you even telling me, right? So, and you can you can go all the way down to edification, right? If you're edifying a staff, that action should be so. By the way, next time you see them, make sure you give them a high five and tell them congratulations, right? It should be pushing them towards another action. So, subject line is to open the email. The body of the email is to take another action. All right, I want to talk about one more piece here before I let you go for today. And that is the sending, scheduling, and management tips of this process, right? So we've talked about where are we getting all of our leads? How are they being generated? We've talked about how to generate more. We've talked about what you could send them. We've talked about how to draft it. Now let's talk about the actual sending and scheduling of it. If you go the route that I would recommend to you, and that is creating a dedicated email for all the different categories, promotional, educational events, edification, all the different categories of emails that you can write, you want to rotate them, right? You don't want to send out a promotional email every day, every week, right? That's not, all of a sudden what happens is your audience is going to get fatigued knowing that the only emails you send out to me is something that's trying to get me to buy something. And I get tired of doing that. And so therefore, the value for me, the interest in your emails goes way down. So you want to rotate it. You want to send me a promotional one and send me an educational one and send me something about events so that there's always a little bit of like, oh, another email from Brand Y. Uh, I wonder what this one is, right? And so there's that you want to rotate the process and you can create a, a system of this so that you send one, you know, uh, on the first week of each month, we send a promotional or an, ed, you know, a promotional one. And then the second week we do an educational and the third week we do an event and the fourth week we do edification and then we wrap back around, right? So you could create a process around this. And I'm sure you're thinking of a lot of other categories of, of emails that you could send, but create a bit of rotation so that, I never know as the reader exactly what's going to come next so that I'm I'm wanting to open your email because I might get a great tip in, in how to manage screen time with my family. Uh, and next time you might be promoting a parent's night out. Uh, and so, you know, giving me a little bit of like what's coming next uh, helps. This also makes sure that they don't avoid your emails as well as, um, this, you know, uh, helps protect your list. I, I, I've heard people say, well, I don't want to send too much email because I want to protect my list and my list doesn't want a bunch of email. Now, first off, that's a total assumption. Okay. You have no idea how much email your list actually wants. And when I say list, I'm generically referring to all your enrollments currently all your past enrollments and anybody that you have generated through some sort of lead magnet environment, that's your list. And you don't know how much uh, email they actually want to receive. And so protecting your list, sure, you need to protect your list if all you're sending them is promotional content. I would get exhausted if you sent me uh, twice a week something that was telling me to spend more money with you. 
yeah, I'm not going to be, I'm going to unsubscribe. I don't have any interest in being on your email list. Sorry, I don't. But if you can rotate it, now that protection, what are you protecting them from? A great recipe that's going to, you know, help mom when she's only got five minutes, 10 minutes before class starts tonight to get them some food instead of stopping through the McDonald's parking lot, you know, drive through. I guess you wouldn't just go into the parking lot. You might have to go through the drive through, right? But you get my point, right? What are you protecting them from? You know, an injury prevention tip? What are you protecting them from? You know, something that could make them more loyal to your business because you just created something in your brand that creates more culture and more enthusiasm and more excitement around your gym, around your business, around your center, around your facility. But the protection argument doesn't fly if you're following this process of rotating emails and rotating the conversation and creating a dialogue. Just like if you had a conversation with a friend, you're not going to talk about the exact same thing every time. If you do, that's a very shallow, short-term friendship because the other person's like, this guy's only talking about the same thing all the time. I have no interest, right? So we want to um, we want to rotate it. It keeps them opening it. They won't avoid your promotional emails so that when you do want to send a promotional email, it lands well. And uh, you don't have to worry about fatigue. This whole concept of protecting your list, not as relevant. I would send emails no less than once a week. That is a bare minimum. Once a week is a bare minimum. If you're doing this and you're rotating, I think you could go two or three times a week. Now, some of you might not have the bandwidth to do that. That's fine. But some of you are only emailing your list once a month. Really? Once a month? That's just not enough to stay top of mind on things. And so uh, I just got a, a light here that turned off on my on my screen. Sorry about that. There we go. I'm back. Um, and so you need to be, if you're rotating and creating good content from an email basis, sending more frequently is actually welcomed because they're looking forward to the value that you're creating. Okay. And so you, this is an opportunity for you to nurture the people that are on your list, nurture, uh, you know, the people that, that are doing business with you, showing them other ways that they can participate, giving them incentive to maybe sign up for another class, giving them incentive to maybe, you know, come to a, a an open gym, a parent's night out, giving them incentive to schedule a, a birthday party, uh, a pro shop discount, you know, whatever that might be, right. Creating more value for those that are already spending money with you, uh, creating enrollments that, um, that didn't already exist, right? They're on your, your database. Maybe they did business with you in the past, but they're no longer doing business with you or, you know, uh, they're, you know, part of a trial process, right? I, I've hashed through this, but now tying a bow kind of back around all of this, do you see how you can use this to re-engage your audience at different levels at different times and have constructive conversation. All right, a minimum of once a week. I'd recommend uh, two to three times a week. Um, and those of you that are only doing it once a month, shame on you. Hopefully I've given you plenty of options here to uh, come up with a reason and a justification that would allow you to send emails more often. Now, you are gonna need a way to manage this. Some CRMs um, allow you to um, to integrate directly. You can send email directly from your CRM, which can be fine, although inadequate. Some CRMs, um, integrate with 
external ESPs, an email service provider, like uh, a constant contact or like, uh, you know, a MailChimp or one of those things. Um, and so some of, some of them will integrate with that. Uh, and you can do this very simply or you can do it very fancily. Is that a word? Fancily? I don't know. But I think you understand. You can do this very basic or you can do an advanced. You can do this like, hey, I'm just going to draft an email and I'm going to send it out to everybody. And this is going to be the content this week and everybody's going to get that same email. Great. That would be better than doing nothing. But you can also get very complex and robust with this, meaning once they unsubscribe, then they're going to get this email uh, or once they not unsubscribe, that's the wrong word. Once they drop, they're going to get this email. And when they enroll, they're going to get this email. And when they're after one month, they're going to get this email and right before the holidays and it's all scheduled. So you can make this and I'm not going to go into that now, but your ESP, your email service provider will allow you to schedule these different pieces and create as robust of a system as you want. And and so you can go basic with like a constant contact or a MailChimp, or you can get very robust with like an, an active campaign or an entreport that will allow you to create a lot of if-then scenarios that will integrate with your systems and allow you to create a lot of different variations and ongoing email communication. All right, let's tie a bow on this all the way. Summary. There is so much value currently sitting in your database that you're not taking advantage of. People that are looking to do business in their community, that are looking to get their kids involved in an activity, and they are waiting for you to send them that information. They are waiting for you to send them that offer. Now, they may not be consciously going, man, I wish this brand would send me an offer. But you don't know when they all of a sudden something changes and an activity ends or uh, you know, they're wanting, you know, their, their kids are now wanting to participate in another activity and they're, they're moving in another direction or they just relocated or, or, or something is happening in their life. They just had another baby and something shifts. And now all of a sudden they have the capacity to get their kids involved in an activity. And you don't know what timeline that is. And if you're not communicating with them, reminding them that you exist, reminding them that they have opportunities to participate with you, you're not top of mind when that time allows when that time presents itself. And so you need to create this ongoing nurturing of the different categories of people, your current students, telling them different ways to boost the amount of money that they can spend with you, uh, edifying uh, the different students and the coaches and so on and so forth. People that have done business with you in the past, Okay, that have dropped, that no longer enrolled, that quit because of soccer, and now they're, you know, they they maybe time, you know, create an opportunity for them to come back. Ongoing communication with them because you don't know what that timeline necessarily is, um, or somebody that's never done business with you but that has shown interest. This can be somebody that signed up for a trial but never attended. This can be somebody that attended a trial but didn't enroll. This can be somebody that signed up for some sort of value on your website or stop by the booth at an event and put their card in the fishbowl for a raffle, right? And and so there's lots of different opportunities. If you will put together an email program that will communicate with these different categories of people, I promise you that you are going to get enrollments like you've never seen before. It's very quick to do. It's very low cost because the email service providers are not expensive uh, and it's very very fast to execute on. So email marketing is something that is 
so undervalued right now uh, because we've gotten distracted with all these other things with social media and social media posting and, you know, text messages. And while there's value in all of that, don't overlook email. Don't overlook your, your database that's sitting there and available for you to promote to. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, I hope you found some value in this. Uh, why don't you comment down below? Let me know uh, what your thoughts on email marketing are or what are some creative ideas that you're doing to uh, promote business uh, to your community. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next week, just make it a good one, all right? Thanks, guys.